Again, today we want to focus on what 2024 has in store for us. Um, as a as a church staff, as um, as your pastor, we, we have spent lots of time thinking ahead and planning ahead. Um, as this last year has has shown, um, with the process of interviews and um, establishing our staff, um, there has been lots of looking forward. What, what does the future look like? Where is God leading us? And so as we, as we begin to kind of formulate it and look at what um, God has in store for us, one of the things that we really emphasize and one of the things we really focused on, um, and you can see it both in the way that we have approached ministry and in the way that we have put together our budget, is we would like to step out of our doors. We would like to step out into the community and we would like for Highland Baptist Church to make an impact on Clovis. And so as we dive into our new year, our our focus as a church body will revolve around one word. And that word is reach. Um, This is is a word that that God has has continued to place on my heart the last several months, um, going back to the beginning of the year, honestly. And this is a word that I feel like God has put on my heart. And so as we, as we look at 2024, as we look at what we are called to do as a church, the, everything that we do is going to be focused on this word. And, and so they, it, can, it can look a few different ways. And so as we begin today, as we go through this today, I want, to, I want us to look at the word reach in three different ways. The first one is, so there's three ways that we as a church are going to reach. Uh, the first one is this. As a church body, we are going to reach out. Um, and, and I know that sounds like we're going to, you know, this is where we're going to take our step out. This is where we're going to go and search. And we're going to reach out to one another. That, that's where we're going to start this year. So we're, we're going to reach out to one another as a body of believers. Because the strength of our church, the, the community of our church, the love of our church is important. It's important that we like one another. It's important that we here as a body of believers get along and can work together so that when we step foot out of this church, we do so in a unified fashion. This is a big one, and this is something that every church looks at, every church thinks about, every, every group, every business, every staff. The camaraderie is important. And so our first word that we're going to do is we're going to reach out. We're going to reach out to one another within the body. We're going to do so with fellowship. We're going to do so with Bible studies. We're going to do so in the three minutes between my prayer and worship every Sunday morning during worship. We are going to reach out to one another. Because like I said, it's important that we get along. It's important that we come together. And Scripture backs this up. As we went through Ephesians several months ago, and as we, as we finished it out, one of the things that, that Paul specifically told the church at Ephesus was this. And if you don't have your Bibles with you, it's okay. We'll have it all here on the screen as well. And I'm going to be bouncing around a little bit today because there's lots of Scripture that supports where God is leading us. Because God is leading us through His Scripture and through what He has called us to do by His Word. And so again, we're going to be in Ephesians 4 for this one, and it it starts in verse 1. And it tells us this, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a worthy manner. I'm sorry, excuse me. 
Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. And that's all we're talking about today. That's our whole focus today is what have we been called to do? So he's urging them just like he's urging us. We need to walk in a manner that is worthy of this calling. Verse 2, with all humanity and gentleness, with patience and bearing with one another in love. Eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. We're, we're, he's, he's urging us, come together. Here is what you've been called to do. The church of Ephesus, their calling was a little bit different than ours. They were specifically facing a, a rise up of this, of this other god that, that the whole area had worshipped. And, and they would come together and they would build golden statues to this god of, of Artemis. And they would all come together and worship so the city of Ephesus was fighting against something different than what we're fighting against today. Their, their, their thoughts, all of their, their practices was to go against this false doctrine. That's what the church of Ephesus was facing. We are facing something much different. But either way, we are to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. He continues on, There is one body and one Spirit just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So he, he's telling the church in Ephesus, just like he's telling us here, you have been called to something. You have been called to something specific. You as a body have a focus. And the way that that focus is going to come to fruition is if there is a unity, because we are united as one. We, we, we as a church body here at Highland, we are united under the understanding that we are called to follow the God of the universe. We've been given the free gift of salvation through the gift of Jesus Christ. That, that is what we are bonded over. Now, how we go about sharing that, we might differ along the way, but we are called to one unity. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all. That's why we're here. We're, we're here under that understanding. We are here together as a church because of that one belief that we all carry. It, it, we know that, that God had sent his son to die on a cross for that right before he did that, he broke bread with his men and he shared with them exactly what was going to happen. That is the one understanding that we come together and we latch onto. And because of that, because of that understanding and the importance of that understanding, we know that it is then our job to share it with others. But in the way that we do that, we have to come together as a church. We have to come together as believers in Jesus Christ because that's what we've been called to do. The, the church of Ephesus faced many ups and downs, and there was, there was lots of chaos around Ephesus, and to the point that even Paul had been ran out of the city and was almost murdered on one occasion because of this understanding. <coughs> they did not want Jesus in their city, but they were still called to bring Jesus to the city. And the only way that they were able to do that was to come together as a body, understanding what they had been called to do, understanding who they had been called to be. 
And so as we come together this year, as, as we look at 2024 and we understand what we are called to do, first we must come together as a unified church. Because when people walk in this building, they can, they can tell if we're getting along, if we're not getting along, if we're, if we're sectioned out into groups, or if we're one body of believers that have come together. That is the thing that I love about us bringing back our greeting time is that it's not just pockets of people standing around. Everybody comes together. And it's such a wonderful moment that just these three minutes that we get to spend together every Sunday, and it's so unified, and there's, there's smiles, and there's hugs, and, and there's everything that, that we are called to be is happening right here in the middle of our worship service. But that has to continue. That has to continue to grow. And we do that through the way that we come together in fellowships. We, we've got to the point where we want to do at least a fellowship every other month. It seems like a lot, but as Baptists, we love to eat. But more importantly, we love to spend time together. We love to come together. We love to to share in each other's lives. I love to hear about what's going on in your life. I love to share with you what's going on in my life. I get to do that much easier because I'm up here with a microphone. But we get to do that together as a church when we sit in the fellowship hall together and we share a meal or we come in here and we share a meal or whatever we do. We do so in a way that that bonds us together so that when we step out as a church, we step out as a unified front. The next thing we're going to do is uh, as a church body, we are going to reach in. We need to reach within ourselves and with discernment from the Holy Spirit determine what we are to give as a part of this church. (coughs) And I know I say give and immediately the mind goes to, I'm up here asking for money. And, And that's not necessarily the case. There is so many ways to give to the church. Sorry. There are so many ways that we can give. We can give our time. We can give our money. We can give prayer. We can give discipleship. We can give our availability. We can give so much of ourselves. And I'm not telling you that because you're a, you're a member or you're an attender or you're a part of this church body that you are called to give everything at all times no matter what. But what that does mean is that God has called you here for a purpose. And, and that's only for you to determine what that purpose is. Paul explains it to, to the church at Corinth in a very, very great way. A very understandable way. 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 12, he, he explains exactly what the body of the church is supposed to be. And he says this, starting in verse 12, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all of the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into the body, Jews and Greeks, slaves and free, and we were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. It is a full um, it is the foot, if the foot, excuse me, coughing and can't read this morning. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less of a part of the body. And if the ear would say, 
or the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If we were all a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need for you, nor the head to the feet, I have no need for you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on, on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our, unpresented, our unpresentable body parts are treated with great modest, greater modesty. Which our more presentable body parts do not require. But God has so composed the body giving greater honor to the part that lacked in that there were <clears throat> excuse me that there were that there may be no division among the body but that the members may have the same care for one another if one member suffers all members suffer if one member is honored all rejoice together this goes back to the idea of us being unified as one if you rejoice i rejoice if you're hurting i hurt Yeah, you are all the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church the first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles and the gifts of hearing and helping and ministering, various kinds of tongues. And all our apostles are, are, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you still more excellent way. Excuse me. God has placed each and every one of us together in this church for a reason. And for some of us, we we think, well, there's nothing that I can do to serve this church. There's nothing that I can do. There's no way that I I can show up and I can serve. But there's so many little things that can be done. There's so many little things that, that the church needs. There, there, we, we have people all the time that are up here working on the internet. I know nothing about the internet. If the internet goes down, I call somebody. That's not the case for everybody. When the front door was messed up and wouldn't close correctly, I, I am not handy. That's what we're going to learn in this today. I'm not a handy person. I can mow a lawn and I can preach the gospel. That, that's about my expertise. But when members of this church step up together and and they go, you know what, I can do this. I I can make the coffee in the morning and set it on the coffee bar. I can do that. It's it's simple. I can show up and I I can listen to verses on Sunday nights for Awanas. Do you know how important that is? These, These kids are memorizing scripture, dozens of kids memorizing scripture every week. And all they need is somebody to come listen to them. It's, it's so simple. But when we come together as a body, those simple things can be taken care of. Those, those little things can be taken care of. We need to reach into ourselves. We need to spend time in prayer. We need to spend time in Scripture. 
and figure out what God has called you here for. Because God has called you to this church for a reason. And again, it might be a a big reason or it might be what you consider a small reason, but you were called here for a purpose. Because this church is called here for a purpose as well. When when we think about the history of of Highland Baptist Church, and as we talked about it many, many, uh, well, this summer as we did the flickering lamp study, one of the things that we we come to, to know and realize about this church is that as Clovis expanded and grew north from the train tracks, there wasn't a church up here. The, the, the city had expanded and had got to 21st Street, and this neighborhood began to um, start to take shape. And God called this church to be here in this neighborhood. God called this church to be right here on Main Street for a purpose. And even though that he called us here 60, 70 years ago, whatever it is, that plan still takes place now. He still has us here for a reason in 2023, in 2024, and for years and years to come. God has this church here for a reason, and more specifically, God has you here for a reason. And again, it could be something very simple. It could just be showing up on Wednesday nights for our prayer and Bible study. We need prayer warriors. There is so much that happens within this church. There are times that that this little church comes together and there is a page full of prayer requests. We just need you to show up and pray. We just need you to show up and be here, like I said, on Sunday nights to help with the one or on Wednesday nights to, to just be present for men's breakfast, for women's teas, for whatever it is. We just need you to be here. God has you here for a reason. And one thing that we're going to do this year is we're going to reach in and figure out what that is. Spend time with the Lord. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in Scripture. And lastly, the moment we've all been waiting for. We are here to reach the community. And that's going to be done in in several different ways. Our neighborhood should know who we are. One of the scariest questions I've been asked in ministry is, if your church disappeared off the face of the earth, would anybody notice? And, and I, would, I, I think, yes, I think people would notice. I hope people would notice. But at the end of the day, we, we are here to reach our community. We were placed in this area so that these houses would be built up around this church so that we could show them the love of Christ. There's about 300, I think, I haven't done the, the math in, in a long time, but I think there's about three to 400 houses specifically in the neighborhood that is considered Highland Terrace. That is just the streets that surround us, that, that go down, um, I, I think it's past Yucca to Highland Terrace. There are 300 families that we could reach out to, that we could reach, that we could come together and get to know. Our neighbors should know who we are. We are here to reach the community. Because we're here to spread the gospel to the entire world. Let's be honest. That, that's what we're here for. That's what Jesus tells us in, in Matthew 28, is, as he has come back and he is resurrected and he is sitting with his guys and he's giving them his final instructions. He tells them this. He, he, at the very end, he says now, or it tells, tells us now, the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. 
And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Isn't that exciting? We worry, about, we worry about politics. We worry about the government. We worry about all the craziness going on around the world. But Jesus has already explained to us that all authority is his. And because of that, we have verse 19. Go. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This was Jesus' final instructions to his guys. Go. Go make disciples of all nations. We've talked about this before, and when we talk about missions, when we talk about how we as a church can do missions... What we think is the best way to do it is we participate in Lonnie Moon. We can participate in Annie Armstrong. We, we give to missionaries that we know specifically. But as a church body, we understand that our mission is local. That the greatest impact that we as a church here in Clovis, New Mexico can have is on Clovis, New Mexico. Because we can, we can spend hundreds and thousands of dollars to, to send a group to... South Africa or send a group to New York or send a group to wherever you want to send them and spend thousands of dollars for them to go and and make an impact. Or we can participate in those that are around the world already making an impact and then us stay here and make an impact here. We are called as a church to reach our community. And how are we going to do that? We're going to meet them where they are. We're going to come together for their needs. This neighborhood here, we've we've done a couple different handouts. We've invited people to VBS. We've invited people to block parties. We're going to continue to do that. One of the things that we're going to put together is a door hanger that that has all of our church information. It's going to have our our prayer text line. We have a, a new phone number where if you have a prayer request, you can text into this phone number, and from there it goes to our prayer chain. We want our community to come to us with their prayer requests so that we as a church can pray for them. That's one way we're going to do it. Another thing that we're going to do is we're going to partner with the firehouse. We're going to partner with the Curry County Sheriff's Office. We're going to love on these men and women within these departments in a way that that they usually don't get. They know that they're supported. They know that they're loved. We want to be there with them in person. We want to provide meals. We want to provide snacks. We want to put on events. We want to we want to show them the love of Christ that Christ has shown us. Because here's the thing. Lifeway did some research several, uh, or a couple years ago, and they surveyed 2,000 Americans who do not attend church regularly. And, and they asked them, they said, what would draw you to attend church? What, what, what invite would draw you to attend church? And there were several different methods of invite. There was, there was five different methods. 23% said a TV commercial would draw them into a church. 23% said a postcard would draw them into church. 21% said a church member knocking on their door would draw them into church. 18% said a Facebook ad would draw them into church. We're all on Facebook constantly. And even then, 
18%. But here's the kicker. 51% said a personal invitation from a friend or family member would draw them into church. If we're going to reach a community, if we're going to reach lost souls for Jesus Christ, it's going to come by us inviting those people who are in our lives. And the way that we invite people that are in our lives is that we step into the lives of people around us. Whether that's at work, if that's in your home, if it's in your family, wherever it is. But we're going to start within the community by inviting them to come and participate in things with us. Come, come participate in our Easter egg hunt. Come participate in our fall festival, in our uh, whatever we do throughout the summer, our Collide in July and, and our, our VBSs. We're going to ask them to come and be a part of our lives. So that once we form that con- connection, we can go, hey, why don't you join us? Why don't you come and join us this Sunday? Why don't you come and join us Wednesday night? Come and pray with us. Come in and open up scripture together. Because again, 2024 is a year where we are going to reach. We are going to reach out to each other. We are going to reach into ourselves. And we are going to reach our community. Like I mentioned earlier, we are going to have a meeting here in a couple weeks. And like I said, it's only going to be about an hour. But it is an open invitation to anybody within this church. If you feel as though God has called you to be here and would like for you to participate in reaching lost souls for Jesus, I urge you to come. We're going to discuss different options. We're going to discuss different ways of engagement. We're going to discuss different ways that we can go out into the community. But we have to do so as a unified front. So there's a few things I want us to ask ourselves. And there are, it's a very few simple questions. The first one being this. How can I reach this year? How can I reach this year? Who, how, how, can I, how can I expand what my comfortability is? How can I reach into myself? How can I reach out to others within this church? How can I do that personally? Second question is this. Who can I reach this year? I think, of, I think of family members. I think of friends. Um, I think of people that... Uh, we live in a small town. I think we can agree to that. We live in a very small town. And it's, it's crazy to me how often I run into the same few individuals over and over and over again. For example, I had a long-time friend show up at my house the other day working for FedEx. And that's probably the fourth or fifth time I've seen this specific friend over the last couple months. And at some point it hit me, I should invite him to church. I should invite him to lunch. I should invite him. There's some reason that God keeps putting him in my life. There is some reason that God put him in my life in seventh grade at the old Gaddis Junior High years and years and years ago. So that when he shows up at my house on a Saturday to pick up a package for us, there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. Who can I reach this year? A simple invitation is something that, that can change somebody's life. Can absolutely change somebody's life. And lastly, what do I need to do to prepare for 2024? 
for me, one of the things that I need to do is I need to take a moment to get right with the Lord. And I'm sure that's most of us. That's why we are going to participate in communion together. Before we go into this year, we are going to take a moment to examine our lives. But what else do we need to do? What else do we, how, what do I need to do personally to prepare for this mission that God has put us on in 2024? Because if we're called to reach and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, it starts by us telling people about Jesus. So how am I going to do that? What do I need to do to prepare myself for the mission that God has set on us.